Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer Podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my sweet friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We've been sharing free anxiety relief podcasts since 2009. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shan. This episode is all about self-care practices for anxiety relief, where we will take you on a deeper dive into tried and true practices that really help. And we begin this conversation talking about the intention behind self-care and the importance of effective intentions when we are putting ourselves at the front of the line. This is something I've been really thinking about more over recent weeks. The fact that sometimes our self-care isn't so intentional, it's just a casual thing. We do things and we think we're taking care of ourselves, but they might not be serving us as well as we think. They might not even be genuine self-care. Sometimes we like to divert or numb out or understandably try and escape our discomfort, but that doesn't fall under self-care. So I've been really reflecting on this active self-care, intentional self-care, and using it to really work for us and serve a purpose and asking, what's the main goal of our self-care? Do we want more peace of mind? less anxiety, better physical health? Are we interested in uplifting our consciousness or deepening spiritual practices? And I think it can be really helpful to make a note of how we want our self-care practices to support us, especially when we're talking about calming anxiety. If we can get some clarity around that and choose practices that are really going to support anxiety. And when we decide what is most important to us. When we do set that intention, it's easier to follow through with the choices that we're making because sometimes you have this person telling you this is going to be helpful, another book telling you that's going to be helpful, podcasters like us making suggestions. There's all this information coming at you and it can be a bit too much. And well, maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing that. Get really still and check in with what you feel you need and take it from there. Mm. When you do that, you're going to be in a much better frame of mind all the way around because you realize, oh, you know what? What I really, really need today is time to get grounded, time to have my feet on the ground or to be in the garden or to be near the lake and to make sure that I'm doing more of that during this particular time in my life, whatever that looks like, to get clear about it and make that choice. Yeah. I think anxiety can bring a lot of doubt into the mind, can a lot of Mm -hmm. vacillation. And sometimes we look at what are other people doing to help themselves, which can be helpful. And we do recommend that on occasion, have a look at what other people are doing. But I think the filter for that is, does that work for me? Does what that other person is doing sit well with me? Does it inspire me? Does it feel like something I feel could help me too? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't trust our own judgment. We don't trust how we can support ourselves. So we might just gather lots of random things and then we get overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can't implement them all because we've gathered too many. And the other thing which you just mentioned is we don't see the value in them. Better to have a few Mm -hmm. even a couple of just select choices where you think, you know, 
this definitely helps me. I've often shared on the podcast, I have a friend who walks every day and every day when she walks, her anxiety is in check. And if she misses a day, the anxiety is back. It starts gnawing at her mind. So for her, that's the thing. I walk every day because it keeps my anxiety in check. So I think when we've got one tried and tested practice that we know is going to serve us well, that's what we need. We need you know, one or two of those things that are real gold and really personal to us. And for somebody else, it might not be walking, though I think walking often helps more than we realize, but it might be something else. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's important for us to have that clarity and self-respect and self-understanding where we can look at other ideas, but we really need to know what serves us personally. And I think that ties in beautifully to some of the things that we choose to do that we think are self-care, but that are not really self-care. Self-care has very specific actions and good quality self-care is different than downtime. It's not watching a movie or eating chocolate. It's actually thoughtfully chosen practices that support improving our mental health and physical health or for maintaining balance. That's where filtering our activities with a simple yes or no question really helps. This is something that can be useful to do with a pen and paper and keep an eye on it over a week or two and watch your choices. And the simple question is, does this take me closer to my intention? So if my intention is self-care to calm anxiety, I'd like to practice active self-care for two or three months and just see how much better my mind might feel at the end of that period of time. If that's the intention, then the question is, does this help or not? Mm-hmm. Um, very often we'll just grab our phone and we'll start scrolling and, you know, Instagram's such an easy place to go. And we might have stuff tagged in there that we find inspiring, but we also might see stuff that disturbs us. So it's, it's risky. It's a gamble for the mind when we go to scrolling or we go to look at the news, we're taking a chance that we might see something that's going to trigger us or disturb us. And either way, we know scrolling isn't self-care. Right. You can call it downtime, but you can also call it a version out of restlessness with anxiety where we don't have something else in place that serves us better. So looking at things like that, I heard somebody share recently that they watched TV sometimes because they felt a little lonely, but they said after watching, they felt more lonely. Right. So those are the kind of things we want to look at. When I do this, how do I feel afterwards? And I love that question. Does this take me closer to my intention? I've noticed with uh, not watching the news, for instance, how much that has added to the quality of my life. Because my intention is to not let a bunch of garbage into my mind, not let a bunch of fear tactics and a bunch of peril and a bunch of suffering in. I don't want to let it in. Mm -hmm. And In my opinion, making that choice is self-care. Replacing that with a sweet conversation with my husband or a walk around the neighborhood or talking about subject matter that might be newsworthy 
but from our own personal frame of reference and, and what we might be able to do to change it or to help or to make a difference. Yeah, really important. Because again, with anxiety, we're often on automatic pilot. This is something we're exploring in depth in our new upcoming course. We have this negativity bias in the mind that we discussed in a recent episode, and we have this automatic pilot thing that happens in the mind where we're just coping, we're just getting through the day, getting the things done that we feel we need to do, but we're not tuned into how things are affecting us. We feel an increase in anxiety or stress or irritation when it's provoked, but we're not seeing what's provoking it because we're just getting the things done. And if we're anxious or we're recovering from a shock or a trauma, we're in a coping mindset. And that's a fight or flight mindset. It's not attending to. With self-care, I think the real thing is attending to ourselves, attending to our needs. I was talking with a friend last night and she made this beautiful point about learning to have unconditional love and acceptance for ourselves. And we were exploring that together. What, what does that mean? And she was sharing, you know, when you're a mom and your kid throws up and it's late at night and you love them, you clean them up, you deal with what needs dealing with, you still love them. It, it doesn't change that. And we were trying to think as adults, how could we really take that on board? And what we came up with was being at peace with ourselves. If we're irritable or angry or out of balance or having an off day that we still attend to ourselves kindly, that we're able to be with ourselves, whatever we're going through. Mm -hmm. And then look at, okay, then what do I need? In the same way when a kid might be anxious or disturbed, you can ask them, what do you need? You need a hug? You, you need to go for a walk? Are you hungry? You're going to ask. So to learn to do that, lovingly with ourselves what do you need and you you've always said this for the, the whole time we've been doing this podcast I've quoted you a hundred times or more on this you always ask how do I feel what do I need and I think that's part of that loving attendance that unconditional looking to ourselves and it makes a huge difference to our quality of life mm -hmm. because it releases a lot of tension taking this pressure out of the body to be able to sit with ourselves and ask, how are you doing? What do you need? Yeah. Being sweet with yourself, mm -hmm. each and every person listening. And you and I deserve to be sweet with ourselves and to be in that soft space instead of that self-judgment place. Yeah. And find some humor in some of the absurd things that we do. Definitely. <laughs> There's just a laundry list of things I could share right now that I won't, that I've learned to laugh at that used to really kind of take me under because of perfectionism or because of worried about being judged or because of shame or because of a number of things, right, mm -hmm. that are there. And, and through the years and working through that stuff now, I can most often see something and have a good laugh at, at my behavior or have... Uh, or question a thought and allow it to pass. And I think that really does tie into our daily routines and the acts of self-care that become a part of our lives. 
And you taught me a long time ago about Ayurveda and Dinacharya. Is that how you say it, Ananga? Yeah, Dinacharya. Yeah. Yeah, that daily routine that supports good health and peace of mind. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And as we've mentioned many times before, Ayurveda recognizes that interconnection between body, mind, and emotions. So we want to, whenever possible, engage in activities that bring joy and fulfillment into our lives, that all of this is emphasized to promote our emotional well-being. And Dinacharya practices are, are things that you might already be doing, and they're not uh, anything that take a lot of energy. Things like going to bed by 10 p.m. Or waking early and spending the first moments of the day in gratitude or meditation. What are some more simple routines? Dinacharya means bringing wisdom into your daily life, wisdom and care into your day. So how we start our day is the most important thing. Whatever fits for your lifestyle, whatever works for you, even five minutes. So setting positive intentions, beginning your day with some gratitude, beginning your your day with something that brings you some hope or tapping into a sense of purpose at the start of your day. That sets the intention for the whole day ahead. Then there are just the basic good things, eating a healthy breakfast, taking a morning walk if you can, or doing some stretching. Ayurveda divides the day up into a wheel where different doshas are more active at different times of the day. So the, the next part of the Dinacharya teaching is structuring our day according to when our energy is at our best. For example, in the morning, the mind has more energy, especially between 10 and midday. So to make that our main concentrated work of the day. And then Ayurveda recommends making lunch our main meal of the day because that's when our digestive fire is at its strongest. So we eat a nourishing breakfast. Good lunch, but not something that's going to make us sleepy for the afternoon. And then in the afternoon, our work can be a bit more creative. More vata comes into play at that time. That's a good time to set intentions for the next morning, creative problem solving. And then in the evening, Ayurveda recommends family time, reflections, gratitude, quality, loved up family time together, and a light supper. And then Later in the evening, some gentle walking or yoga or stretching, relaxation time and avoiding screens before bed. And then we're back around to what you started with, which is getting to bed by 10 p.m. whenever possible, because that is when kapha kicks in. And many practitioners of Ayurveda call that catching the kapha wave. It's conducive to good restorative sleep. If we go too far beyond that, our mind kicks into gear again, pitta comes up, the fiery doing energy of the mind fires up and then we can get restless, irritable. We can start thinking we're going to fire off emails or solve problems and that can disturb our sleep. So trying to aim for that 10 p.m. energetic curfew. It's really helpful. I can attest to it because I used to be a night owl and I do my very best to be in bed by 10, 1030 at the latest, and it's made all the difference. I've had much better sleep. Mm. And again, this is many years of practice. 
it's been really, really good for my mind. And I also wanted to share that as far as a morning practice is concerned, last week when I interviewed Dr. Dane here, he offered a free gift called Waking Up Miraculously. And it's a 23-minute guided conversation. I'll just call it that because it's not really a meditation. It's a this wonderful free download that I've been listening to every morning. And it's really made a difference, waking up miraculously. So if you look at our website at anxietyslayer.com and look at last week's podcast, there's a link to that free download. I'm not sure how much longer it'll be free. So if you want that, check it out. It's made a big difference for me. It's 23 minutes and it's something that uh, you might find will be a good way to, to begin your day. Certainly helpful to have something that you regularly go to. Yeah, I just love it. Let's segue to uh, talking about boundaries, one of, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> How establishing boundaries really is an act of self-care. Yeah, really important, isn't it? I was listening to somebody a couple of weeks ago and they made the point about boundaries helping to keep us in rather than keep others out. Mm. And I really like that. If you have a, a good, soft boundary keeping yourself in, how it protects you from getting snagged. We often talk about that teaching of Pema Chodron of getting hooked, Shenpa, mm -hmm. how the mind can get hooked. And I was seeing it like that, like if you're in a, a nice boundary bubble that's your safe place and you're focused on doing your thing that works for you in your life, and sometimes we might pop our own bubble because we're pointing at somebody else. It's like, oh, it really irritates me when they do that. But then we're hooked. Mm -hmm. We've breached our own boundary. Instead of letting others get on with their business and we get on with ours, which is another teaching of Ayurveda to let everyone do what they need to do. And we don't get snagged or involved unless it's really relevant and necessary, unless there's good reason to do so. So I was interested in that boundaries of keeping us in. And then that fits really nicely with self-care because we're just keeping in our own space with our own practices and our own priorities. And it feels like a good, safe place to be where we're respecting our own needs and respecting others' needs. But we're also affirming our own needs and prioritizing our own personal needs. So I think that's a, a really helpful thing to think about. It is. We each have permission to communicate our limits to others that respects and honors our boundaries. And as I love to say, and I don't know where I heard this first, it's not an original statement, but no thank you is a complete sentence. Mm. One of the things that's hardest for us to do, and especially for women, is to say no thank you. Mm because we want to support, we want to show up, we want to overgive, we want to do all of these things. And then sometimes as soon as we make that commitment, we feel low or heavy or wish we hadn't been in that space of volunteering our, our time or energy when we really didn't want to. Yeah, breaching our boundaries from the inside out mm -hmm. because we have a tendency to overextend. Right. And sometimes we just need to pause. I'm available if needed, but let's see if I am needed. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll we'll rush in and overextend and breach our own self-care space. Yeah. And overexert ourselves. And that, again, more overwhelm can come with that. Or the dreaded resentment can come with that. Yeah, which makes me think of um, codependency, but that's an entire episode on its own. <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> when you write your boundaries book, that can, that can be in there. <laughs> right. But we can do that where we overextend and then we get overwhelmed and then we feel out of balance and then we can resent. And yeah. We're not even always aware we're doing it. It's just running. It's kind of a, a polluted state in our mind that's, that's running in the background. And that's a difficult place to be too. So yeah, definitely helpful to look at boundaries with, with self-care and just gently affirming what we need. We're all allowed to do what we need. And I think autonomy, again, is a really important thing to meditate on, personal autonomy with boundaries and with care. After the break, we'll dig into the purpose framework and how you can give meaning to your self-care practices. The Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by Pure Spectrum CBD. Ananga and I have been using CBD products since February that are provided by Pure Spectrum, and we've found them to be supportive for sleep, for aches and pains in our bodies. It's just been a really nice addition to our self-care practice. Pure Spectrum is committed to cultivating and crafting the highest quality hemp-derived products. Their commitment means no shortcuts when it comes to their farming, processing, formulating, and testing. The Pure Spectrum Family Farms implement sustainable growing practices, superior genetics, and ethical processing to produce a product that they can stand behind and that we can stand behind. If you'd like to try their products, you can visit purespectrumcbd.com and get 15% off with the coupon code SLAYER. Before the break, we were talking about boundaries and how setting healthy boundaries is such a beautiful act of self-care. And now we're going to dig into the purpose framework, which is all about giving meaning to our practices. This was something I came across from a wonderful woman who works in pastoral care, has done for many years and trains others. She talks a lot about self-care and keeping ourselves safe and well-nourished. And she's been a great source of inspiration to me, somebody I've learned a lot from. And she shared this simple thing that she does every day where she uses two words to frame her practices and her acts of self-care. She uses the words, so that. For example, she says, I go to bed early, so that. I'm well rested to rise early and meditate. And I thought that was such an interesting framework. And to me, that really fired off lots of thoughts about giving a sense of purpose to all the little things we do each day as support acts to our chosen direction or support for our nervous system, support for overcoming anxiety. One of my chosen practices is I read something inspiring every evening so that my mind has positive thoughts when I go to sleep. That saves me from chewing over stuff, um, thinking about discomfort in my body, 
It just gives my mind some good nourishment. And then, of course, there is additional self-care practices for anxiety relief that we've mentioned many times, but it's worth sharing again that there are several practices that you can choose to support your nervous system and to invite peace of mind, whether that be oil massage, warm baths with Epsom salts and ginger. Recently, I took a a bath with Epsom salts and uh, baking soda to do a nice detox. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And that was really nice. Of course, walking in nature, by the water, where I'll be going after we record today. I will be heading over to Lake Michigan because I know that my body is craving that and my mind (laughs) wants to look at that big water. Mm. Of course, restorative yoga and anxiety release, Qigong. All of these practices are so sweet. And if you haven't tried any of them, pick one. Pick one that calls you and give it a try. Yeah. And give it a so that, give it a purpose mm-hmm. that makes it valid for you. And please share how that serves you. We'd love to hear. Yeah, that would be great. If you're in our private Facebook group, we would love to hear from you. Any feedback that you can share is really helpful. We appreciate when you chime in, when you ask us to cover different subject matter. And you can find that by just searching the groups. Uh, on Facebook for Anxiety Slayering will pop up and we'd love to have you join us. Along with the self-care practices that we just shared, it's important to engage in creative expression, whatever that might mean for you, because creative activities are therapeutic and they also promote emotional well-being, whether it's painting or writing or dancing, playing a musical instrument. All of these choices allow for self-expression and for emotional release and for personal growth. There's a quote that I'm going to butcher right now, but it's along something of the lines of uh, a person who is sharing all of the stress in their lives and all of the anxiety that they've been feeling and the wise Sage says, when did you stop dancing? Mm. And it reminds me to, again, lighten up, to not take everything so darn seriously and to infuse, weave my life with more creative expression. That's a beautiful quote. And it reminds me of a story I read a few years ago where a team of Western psychotherapists went out to help an area in It might have been Rwanda. I can't remember exactly where, but that's coming to mind. With their Western methodologies, they went to help a very traumatized area. And the recipients of that care shared that they were feeling more depressed and more hopeless. And they asked, where's the dancing? And they had their own practice of dancing together to release trauma. Mm. And in Qigong, Many of the trauma release practices for getting fear out of your body involve bouncing your heels quite firmly down into the floor and shaking your hands, shaking your arms, shaking your body, and actively breathing out to release fear and trauma from the body. You can look up on YouTube when you'll find some practices. 
And then finally today, we want to remind you and invite you that it's also an act of self-care to take a break and practice self-compassion, recognizing when you need a break, when you need to give yourself some time to rest and recharge. Practicing self-compassion is all about treating yourself with kindness, forgiveness, and understanding. We talked about that a little bit earlier, how to find some humor and to be sweet with ourselves and to remember that it's okay to prioritize your mental health and your self-care. You are allowed to take a break. And often we think it's selfish to do that, but self-care isn't selfish. The more we take care of ourselves, the better we can show up for our loved ones. The more efficient we are at work, uh, the more we have to give, and the more joy we can be present for in our lives. So it's a good all-round investment. We just added, well, I won't say we, because Ananga, you so kindly just added a new Patreon-guided practice called the Meridian Hug-guided practice that you can use to gain calm and clarity. This is the practice that we shared in a couple of our podcasts this month before my interview with Dr. Dane. If you want to go back and and listen, you'll find those practices there. Or if you'd like to become a patron, that Meridian Hug Guided Practice is available to you now. And we would love for you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash anxiety slayer. Thanks so much for listening. We're grateful that you come back week after week. And we look forward to coming back again next Friday.